ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. She's a little bit Selena, a little bit JLo, and a whole lot of Pisces. It's Rocky. He's a South Texan poppy poet living that hashtag middle class gay life. It's Chibi. And he's a West Side bird with a badass hoodie collection. It's Rooster. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Brought to you by Right Art Out. I love how excited Rocky gets every time that like the show's about to start. You know, I just see her in the backstage and she's like, ah, and Rooster's just like, "Mm." Mm -mm. I was jamming. That's why I'm like, I'm your co-host. I'm your real, real Mm co-host. We match Mm -hmm. each other's energy. First of all, I know you're going to talk, but let me say, Tibby, amazing. Look at this outfit. Look at this look. Wow. You look so great. And then, then we got Rooster out here, like with an actual like haircut and shaved. Like, wow, y'all really good today. Looking quaffed over yonderly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Raquel with her new highlights. Yes, a little bob going on. We're here for it. We're stunting people. We are. We are really, but, really are. But enough about us. Let's talk about today. Uh Tonight is our season three finale for anybody that's listening or tuning in. Uh, we have now reached, this is our 20th episodes this season. Um, and so for the season finale, what we thought we could do is bring back the three of us who hosted throughout uh, this season, um, share some of our own work, talk about life, and and then also share some of our uh, memories, like our some of our favorite moments from this past season and go back and revisit them. Because there were so many gems, pearls, wisdom, emotional, mm, that Mm. that happened. Um, And then also we had uh, some very generous donations throughout the year. And so we're going to be giving away some prizes later on. We got books, we got t-shirts, we got more books. So I think the way we're going to do it is... uh, one one prize package will be Carla Cordero's book, How to Pull the Earth Apart, with a T-shirt, and the other prize pack will be Carla's book and Patrick Roche's book, A Socially Acceptable Breakdown. But that'll be later in the show. So I'm just, I just, how how do y'all? Let's start with Rocky. How do you feel about this season and wrapping it up and coming back to it and all that? I was gonna say I was like. As a host, can we actually like chime in just in case, like to get those prizes? Because those prizes are bomb. <laughs> I'm like, how can I snatch one of those? It's okay. Um, you would think that I would be doing this like this podcast for a year, you know, there would be some benefits. But the benefits is to talk to amazing poets and do this with Chibi. Um, and we actually did one episode with, I did one episode with uh, Rooster. Mm-hmm. I know that Chippy has been doing it with Rooster a little, a little bit more than I do. Um, but how do I feel? Wow, it's we've you asked me to join literally in January, right? So 11 months in, and I've been here um, doing it from Texas and Houston uh, when I was quarantining with my mom for a bit to sometimes in Jersey and then now in Brooklyn and two different like. Um, places in Brooklyn, right? I, I moved <laughs> um, mm. just recently too. And wow, I just didn't realize how many times I moved. <laughs> within <laughs> and how many locations we've, all, <laughs> we've all been on our own personal journeys in the past yes. 11 months. So yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. So it's been great. I've had so much fun talking to you um, and other, you know, guests here. I've learned so much and I just feel really connected to poetry and um, and this community. And, you know, it always ceases to amaze me. So right now I'm, I'm full and I'm so glad that, you know, we're ending the year with this, with us as friends. So Mm. Is that how your heart is? Is that is this our, oh, this is our did we just segue into our check in already? How's your heart? That was the check in. I thought you were like, how are you doing? Oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. My heart. <laughs> um, my heart right now, I think you know, is resilient and uh, emerging and ready for change, ready to shed and let go and um, just welcome new things that. I deserve, right? Yeah. 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 How about you, friend? Do I get to, I'm like, how about you? How's your heart today? We're asking you, Rooster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, to, I am wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. Also, shout out to everyone who's watching and already showing us love in the comments. We appreciate you all. I know we got the core joining us. And yeah, yeah. I, Ida, same Yes, yes. Cupcake. Um, yeah. Very happy to be here. Um, this season has been remarkable. I've been uh, very glad to step in whenever needed because life happens and, you know, people are traveling, all sorts of things. Um, so I've been very fortunate. I mean, even when I'm not on, I've played a large role with the show from its inception uh, to see how it's gone um, from just its little infancy of this is just something for the fun skis to where we're at now with these really fly little... Uh, you know, drapes around us. <laughs> We're coming up, y'all. Uh, I love it. Uh, I'm also just really, uh, I guess, my heart is reanimating. It's it's becoming, Ooh. yes, it's, it is. It's like, I, I don't know, like I, I got my booster, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, booster for a rooster. That's right. <laughs> uh, so I'm very happy to 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 I guess I feel just like life is actually returning to normal and I feel like I'm actually returning back to myself and back to mm. things that I know and I love and people I know and I love and it's very happy. So yeah, I love and it. And Chibi, how are you? Uh my heart is great. I'm just looking back, you know, like I can't believe we've done 75 episodes, you know. We've had 75 incredible poets come through this this stage, uh, this virtual platform that, like you said, we just started for Funskis on Zoom for National Poetry Month in April of 2020 because of COVID. Why not? And now what, what it's evolved to uh, and the roster of people that we've been able to have on this stage. So I'm really, I'm, I'm feeling full both because I just had a chicken and sausage stuffed baked potato, but also because my heart is so full. Um, and I, same to you as you, Rooster, I want to like shout out like the people that are checking in already uh, in the audience. We have Barbara who's saying hello from Massachusetts. Hey. Uh, and then the poet known as Analysis from Baltimore. Uh, and yes, shout out also to the musical track. Our theme song was produced by Chris Condé. Y'all should check them out. C-H-R-I-S-C-O-N-D-E. -E. Shout out to Chris Conde for that uh, incredible track. And yes, Patrick Roche's book is excellent. Stick around. You could win it. That's how that goes. Um, so yeah, I'm just really excited to wrap up the season and honestly to revisit because even after the show, after almost every episode, I go back and listen to it via podcast. Mm -hmm. 
and just kind of like relive it as an audience member. And so I feel like that kind of, that's something that we're going to get to do today is not just be hosts, but also be uh, guests and also be audience members tonight. So I'm excited to jump into it. So like we do most times, we're going to start off with a, uh, a um, session of speed dating. Uh, but this is going to be a speed dating round robin, as it were. Uh, so I'm going to ask Rooster a question. Rooster's then going to ask Rocky a question. Rocky's going to ask me a question. And then we're going to reverse it. I'll ask Rocky. Rocky will ask Rooster. And Rooster will ask me. And that will be our speed dating session. All right. Mm. It sounds complicated. But we're just going to get into it. If you've never seen speed dating before, quick series of questions. Answer them as concisely or as in-depthly as you feel is necessary to answer. So. Also, Chibi, uh, we didn't discuss, but how, what's the rated question? Like, are they, can be they be rated R, be rated PG-13? Oh, no. I mean, this is words and shit, dude. We, <laughs> we, we, we get into the shit if you want to get into it, or if you just want to keep it at the words, we can keep it at the words. <laughs> I don't appreciate this look, Rooster. <laughs> Because we've also given the, the option that you don't have to answer, right? It can be as concise, mm. and concise could be pleading the fifth. I don't know. Mm. Um, shout out to Analysis also for watching the interview on Sunday. Anywho, let's get started. Rooster. Jimmy. You are a movie buff. True. And so my question is, if you could go back and recast whatever movie you'd like with your all-star cast... What movie would it be and who would you cast in the main roles? What? Yeah. This is, okay, I'm going to try to make this as... Like, concise. Yeah. (laughs) So which movie would I like to recast with my all-star cast? Yes. Um, I would like to recast a little movie. (laughs) Um... You know what? Do you know how Marvel movies have gone off and like get like some of the best actors to just mm-hmm. play like, you know, Peter Parker and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want that same energy applied to Babe the Pig movie. I want to reca- I want to re-release Babe in 2021. And I want like Oscar award. I want I want Robert De Niro in that. I want <laughs> a lot of people uh who are going to start the Babe universe uh and 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 have spin-offs and go from there. All right. <laughs> and maybe we can even tie it into Charlotte's Web. What? Uh, uh, what? Crossovers. Crossovers galore. <laughs> Um, that's right. really just the shortest answer I could come up with off the top of my head. But thank you for that complicated question, Chibi. I'm going to think about that for five days. Yes. <laughs> we'll get we'll get back to it on Twitter later. Yes. Um, Rocky. What? What is your latest obsession? Oh wow! Wait to take one of my questions. No, 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 no. Oh no. This is my question that I brought to this format that all of a sudden I started hearing on shows I was not on. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh man, my latest obsession. Um whew, so f- for like a good two, three weeks, and it's still still I think it's still going really strong, is um my obsession with Oh my gosh, why did I forget his name? Um, but it's Careless Whisper. Oh. Bye. 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 
not much of an obsession then, is it? If we can't. No! <laughs> And I'm like, my George Michael. I was like, it's something Michael. And I was like, Faith Michael. I was like, no, Faith is one of his songs. Because people are like, why do you like Careless Whisper? You should love like Faith. And I'm like, no, Careless I've been singing the song nonstop to like friends, to family members. Literally, I'll start calling them. And I'm like, you know, like. Wonderful. Yes, it is. It has been on repeat. Um, I'm really obsessed with it. And then I'm learning that George Michael was actually like fabulous and gorgeous when he was super young. And then uh, I was to find out that he was dead. <laughs> Hello, the queer community has known this for a while. Yeah, everyone, yeah. welcome to 1985. <laughs> yeah, he was not looking like Phil Collins. No. no, he was not. No. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Chibi. Mm-hmm. Now my question. Because mm. you know you love this, like, what's your favorite food food dish? So this is mm-hmm. a spin on it. What is your least favorite food dish that everyone requests all the time from you? Or it could be either or. Or if you hated someone like your enemy, what dish would you make for your enemy? <laughs> I will answer both. And here's how I'm going to answer it. The, the second one, if I hated someone, what dish would I make for them? I would 100% make a, like a, a caldo tlalpeño, right? Which is, you know, like a very Mexican, you know, kind of like chicken soup of sorts. But instead of putting in the one can of chipotle peppers i would load it the fuck up with Oof. all sorts of peppers mm. i would not deceat them mm. <laughs> and then and then which which one that gets requested often that i don't really like um it's not that i don't like it i just can't eat a lot of it and it makes me mm-hmm. sad because i do make it a damn good chili but it's my chili <gasps> really? I yes. love your chili. I love my chili too, but I can have like five spoonfuls and then heartburn. The rest of me is like, we're done. Thank you. Um, wow. so, yeah, it's really sad, uh, but it, I, I make a damn good chili, y'all. Uh, <laughs> and apparently, Sarah Elemental is, is on it too. Um, yes, I make good food. All right, cool. So then my turn to ask Rocky. Raquel. You you are a a uh, is the word bibliophile uh, the right word? You are a lover of books. Yeah. So which book do you continue to revisit mm. after and after you've revisited? Which which book do you revisit? Have you found that you have revisited the most in your of life? Of course, I'm all like, which one? So my book, my bookcase right now is like leaning really hard, and you, even though I know where it's at, which is over, I'm just really scared to take it out for it to like completely collapse. But let's see, let's see, let's see if I can do this. Um, move it, ready, go. But it is actually uh, Sandra Cisneros, uh, Loose Woman, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite poems from her is Tusara. Um, um, which is like sweetness, right? Um, I didn't say that right. Um, but I go back to this so many times um, because it's just a really a journey of 
who she is of her um becoming like she was super young too like if you see how young she is with her little short hair um just learning about her herself loving herself her body her sexuality and just sex and then heartbreak and like friendships along the way is just something i always revisit over and over again and actually santa cisneros is one of my favorite um one of my favorite poets too you can't see it but her portrait is actually above my mm -hmm. uh, maybe i can show you um if you see <laughs> there that's sandra so sandra is in my bedroom um blessing mm -hmm. me all the time just looking down i love it yeah okay okay that was a good question learning so much about each other even after all this time i love it okay go <clears throat> okay Ooh, rooster rooster Oh my gosh. Lady Rocky. Ooh. Oh, you're really, shots fired, shots fired. Okay, I was gonna. <laughs> I have said nothing. I'm just... It was. <laughs> I don't wanna go into it. Um, yeah, cause part of me was like, Rooster, Rooster. For those who don't know, Rooster has a favorite picture of himself that he uses for all, like everything. No. I just wanna know. When are you going to retire that, that photo? I and... did retire I retired it a long, long time ago. Did you? <laughs> yes. Okay, no, but after that, actually, let's talk about you from that photo to now. Like, how do you think your, like, your fashion and who you are is so different from, because I think you've been throwing, doing a lot of, like, throwback photos on your Instagram okay. of, like, sweater vests with, like, long sleeves um shirts like yeah. how would you describe your fashion now so you're saying that i dress like shit no <laughs> i said you anything none, none of that it sounds like she's coming for you I'm it's, long, it's like it's a long roundabout way of saying I dress like shit, uh -huh. which is totally fair i have no fashion sense my fashion sense now has become very simple mm. uh monochromatic mm. um just simplifying things Trying not to uh, to uh, bring back, uh, you know, brands like Fat Farm or Echo Red, uh, you know, anything like that that kind of had its heyday uh, years ago. Uh, trying to leave that in the past, um, but yeah, that, um, you know, it's a journey, learning. It is. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Sarah Bellamental commenting on this double question: <laughs> Retire that photo. You retired it. What's the fashion now? Rocky's <laughs> coming at you, and also you may have absolutely inspired her to uh, go get a copy of Loose Women. So, yes. all right, yes. such a great book. Such a great book. And Amanda doubles down. It does feel like shade. But, but yes, dramatic vibes. It's a little bit because because Rooster came at me just a little quickly right there. Y'all didn't catch him. He did. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about except you. <laughs> anyway, uh, Chibi. Yes. Who has been your favorite? OMG! I got to interview this person. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Ah, that is a good one. Um, let me go back because we had a few like far reaches, right? Um, you know, I'm just going to land on buddy. I think oh, one of the last episodes of, of, um, 
of the previous season. Yeah. Um, and because he just has a way of thinking that is so unique. And so it's always interesting to, to see his thought process as he goes through things and to talk about his life and all that. And it was one of those episodes, cause you know, we try to keep them to an hour, but that episode lasted a while. Uh, and it was one of those things where like, we could have just kept talking the yeah. whole time. Um, and it just flowed. So that was, I think I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to land on buddy. You know, we've had some really great conversations with so many different people, but in terms of like, you know, a couple like Hail Marys, like we have no connection to these people. Maybe they'll, they'll say yes. Maybe they'll just ignore us. You know, um, that was one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What was my favorite episode to be a part of? I don't know, but my, yeah, I think one of my favorite interviewers that I was excited to interview interviewees that I was excited to interview. We'll land on the Buddy Wakefield episode. Super cool. That's a good one. I remember um, like that was so like he was just showing us he was in Portugal, right? Yeah, he's still in Portugal. So yeah, very, very cool. All right. Well, that was speed dating. Enough of that. We'll talk more about each other to each other and all of that. But we do, it is called words and shit. We do like to share some poetry. Um uh, <laughs> and so because of that, we are each gonna share something tonight but we're gonna start off with raquel sharing a little something so uh, raquel if you can please uh kick us off yes um so i just want to preface this that this is not complete i mean i didn't completely black it out but since rooster is on our show rooster is kind of infamous for doing a lot of blackout poetry on instagram right? And um, and just posting it up. So in the spirit of Rooster being here, I wanted to block out one of my own poems. Um, because a lot of my poems I wrote when I was like 25, 26, and I'm 31 now. So I kind of wanted to do like, where do I feel where I am right now? So it's a little short. It's new shit, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> new shit. And then... Um, yeah, I did it like literally an hour ago. It has been a hot minute since I wrote anything, um, like years, so I'm a little nervous, but here we go. Um, so the poem that I did the blackout is Horoscopes, which the last time we did, um, me and Chippy were talking to ourselves, I read out loud. Um, so this is the blackout version of it. So it's Pisces Love. Little fish, love is about letting go. Flower with care, water your own reason for the ocean because you are majestic. Start with two years to love goodbyes. Say the moon patiently arrived with myself. Welcome lessons soaked in rose water healing. My new period of me will tend to flower again. Will listen and love little morning poems. And love, write love, remember love on me. I, a radiant, beautiful, swims with the ocean, the sun, the moon, swimming for years. I am, I am a flower again. There you go. Mm -hmm. 
you know, before we, we jumped on here, Raquel was like, I'm a retired poet, but like, <laughs> look at you, look at you. I, you know, and I love that idea of like revisiting something that you wrote forever ago and, yeah. you know, like either, you know, editing it or like you did just turning it into something new via something like a, like a blackout poem. Um, are there any other like poems that you want now that like you're maybe digging through memory lane that you want to revisit? I mean, I think I like all of them, really. Um, I'm just a different person and I respect and I love, actually, I don't know if I want to re, re, like re, maybe revisit them. I don't know about re-editing them because they are their own poems within that time, right? Of who I was and those mm -hmm. are reflections. And I love the, the 25, 26 year old Raquel, right? Uh, she learned some hard lessons, some very loving lessons um, and I wouldn't be the person I am without her. So um definitely i don't know if that was like a response poem to me through blackout poetry right and mm -hmm. uh within that poem um i know that rooster was actually one of that helped me like edit and edit it when i first wrote it um i actually didn't realize how many negative words i was using within that poem and so i purposely try to remove them and focus on healing and loving mm -hmm. because i think that's where i'm at right now <clears throat> in my 30s yeah so what about the piece now? I think, um, well, actually, no, let me give you a different question. Do you think you're going to do more to it? Like, are you going to black out more? Are you going to add to it? Or would you, what? Or would this was just something you did because you needed something for the show? <laughs> the latter? <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> you are a retired poet, like, or for the most part, you are, you are a self-proclaimed uh, retired poet. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> Those, yeah, for many who don't know, like you have competed at national poetry slams. Uh, you there was one summer you made it a point to compete at two of them at very far distances from each other, um, and 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 really kind of establish your voice and in, in the scene and stuff like that. And it's been a, it's been a long time since you've maybe committed to it, but it's almost one of those things where I think it's admirable that uh, it's still there for you, and you know even through the show or just through your own, like doing it for the fun. And what a great project. Like if you don't do it, I might do it. Where it's like, you can, you can build a whole collection of like your poetry and then blackout versions of your poetry. Right. Mm -hmm. That, that sounds like a really interesting project to do. Yeah. I, like I said, I was, I was thinking about that too. And um, I, I did get a little excited. I was like, Oh, cause I know Rooster here's like, why don't you write? Why don't you? And I know Chippy's like, you're a writer inside. And I'm like, yes, I am a writer. We all have our different ways of like creating narratives. Um, but it was, it was very fun. It was a little nerve wracking. Cause I know that um, y'all are two amazing poets that have been really defining um, and working on your craft for years. Right. And I think I've, I really am an admirer of poetry, but yeah, when I, again, when I was reading, rereading horoscopes and doing that blackout version, I, um, I was like, why, why am I using so many like harsh negative words here? Right. When it's talking about love and finding love within myself, I'm really focused. I'm centering like past loves and not really myself. And therefore I really want to center myself in this blackout version. Did you consider any other pieces before, or, or that was just the one that you kind of knew, like, that's what you want to go to? That was the one I knew I wanted to go to because um, I know we'll talk about, like, our favorite moments. But, again, it's talking about where I'm at 
in myself. Um, I love Celia. I love the good, like, good-looking piece. Uh, I wouldn't change it. Uh, though I remember last time my accents, just even like saying and performing it is all over the place. It's like a little bit of like Texas to Jersey, New Jersey, New York. And it's like, whoa, I am just out here with like <laughs> just embodying all these different identities within myself. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. And if I, yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't think so. I think right now horoscopes was a good one to revisit and black out. Mm, I love that. And you know, like besides sharing our work, we also said that we were going to share kind of some of our our favorite moments throughout the season, um, and kind of like how you said that like those poems had their their place in time, right? And they were who Raquel was at, at 25, 26, 27, uh, and when where you are now and the continuous mm -hmm. evolution of it. Um, kind of touches on the moment that you wanted to share. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about uh, this clip that we're about to share? Uh, give it a little intro and then let's let's jump into it. Yeah, of course. Um, so this was one of our, I think, either the second or third episode that we did um, for this season. And it was with Susie Q, right? Brilliant. She had like two books back to back that she published. It just so happens that it it um she published it back to back but she was literally talking about her first poem that she wrote or she read to us was about the ocotillo which is a desert plant found in colorado right and about how the hummingbird really needs this plant to come in for healing to survive and then as she was describing it she was literally talking about you know, there are certain seasons of us, right? The season to flower, to season to wilt, the season to like, to just plant seeds. And that really spoke to me. And I have been saying since that episode, I've been telling my friends or like family members or loved ones are like, it's okay, this is not your season. Whenever, you know, something's happening or like maybe we're not in our season right now, or this is a season of, season of breast or like our season to flower and to grow is coming soon, but we just need to plant the seeds first, right? Yeah. Um, or just to even be like sassy, be like, I'm not in my season yet, right? Um, <laughs> so I really, really loved it and it's really stuck with me. Um, and I, I think that's that specific rhetoric and language is what I wanna carry on to the yeah. next year. All right, well, let's go back. This is uh, from our episode, uh, season three, episode five with Susie Q. Smith talking about her poem, Ocotillo. So it's, uh, I think part of it is being, you know, from the wet, like, you know, I've lived in Colorado my whole life. So being like in this, you know, high plains desert, uh, there's something about desert landscapes that's kind of always been a part of my experience. Um, I also watch a lot of nature documentaries. I also like, you know, um, am a lot of a hippie, you know, half the homies are herbalists, etc. I do live in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> We believe in plant medicines around here. Uh -huh. <laughs> but um, so I think that there's just something really nurturing about that. And so Ocotillo is a really, it, it really looks dead when you look at it, right? And then it grows these really brilliant flowers. And when they grow, right, the, those flowers actually are what allow hummingbirds to like make their journey through the, all the way across the Midwest, right? So that's that nectar that helps them survive through the desert. 
So they seem like they're dead and then they like bloom really briefly in these really vivid flowers. And so like when they come to life, they are so alive. And so it's just one of those that like seeing that there's so many metaphors in nature and lessons in nature that when we just pay attention to what's around us, right? Even like something that looks entirely done for, right? It's just like, no, there's still mm. some life in there. Mm. And not only is there some life in there, but there's also um, the ability to give some life to other beings, right? And that you're actually essential, right? The hummingbirds are not going to make it without the Ocotillo blooming. So it's um, just thinking about that in those times when I feel completely drained, exhausted, and barely alive, like, nah, it's still some left. It's just a season. That's all this is, right? Just oh. And that we have so our seasons and we have our flowering seasons. Mm. That's all it is. Um, so I don't apologize for the seasons anymore or get afraid of them anymore. I'm like, okay, mm. we're just quiet for a minute. It's all right. Mm. Mm. I wanted to cry all over again. Oh my <laughs> God. Really? Oh, I, <laughs> I literally remember writing that down as soon as she said it. I don't apologize for the seasons anymore. And I'm like, ah, oh, I need, I need to get there. <laughs> I think I still apologize sometimes, or I beat myself up over the seasons. You know, mm -hmm. if it's if it's a dry season, if it's a dead season, I, I I still get mad at myself for not always being in bloom. Exactly, and I think the fact that she was like, "We look dead, or we look like we're done for," and like the Ocotillo, right? It's just like then it blooms. I just feel, you know, probably you too, Chippy, or even anyone that's enduring this pandemic, right? This pandemia um, that we, we have really been pushed to our limits, but within community, we found after resting or being in our season of rest, we are able to give back and like bring life to other people. And I think words and shit is actually one of those platforms that has entertained, has actually given life to other poets um, during this pandemic and also people who miss listening to poetry, right? And giving life to them in a season that, was almost draining for us. So, mm -hmm. love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, Susie Q is brilliant, and I have nothing to add to that. Like, yeah. 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 All right. All right, Chibi. I think this is your time. Okay. Oh. I know you're talking about. You know what? Let's do. You know my poems. I'm excited to hear your poems. Is it new? Is it? Is it old? Did you, oh, why are you sweating? Ah, you it is, it is. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, so I'm going to do a semi-new poem. It's one, um, I couldn't decide which one to do, but I'm going to do this one. Um, so I've been playing a lot. The pandemic has allowed me to like really dive into just like being a student of poetry. And so I've been playing a lot with with writing uh, and self-imposed rules as it were. And so I call this poem, the form probably exists, I don't know, but I decided to try something and, and I called it a spiral because essentially the poem goes uh, lines one through 20 and then it reverses on itself and goes 20 through one. And then it starts to spiral and it's like line one, then 20, then two, then 19, then three, then 18 until it finally lands in the center in the heart of the poem. So this is diaspora <laughs> a spiral. I, vis I visited the temples of Tenochtitlan when I was eight and all I got was this lousy imposter syndrome. 
And I've never felt more like a tourist as when taxied in the streets of my birthplace, unable to have a conversation without tripping into the borrowed currency of a colonizer's language, harboring a bloated throat behind this port of entry, a hundred skies away from mis abuelos. And I'm suffocated by the realization there is so much of me foreign and undiscovered. How Cortez of me to glean the riches of a culture and call them mine without a single callous. And I'm little brown boy wishing he were browner, little brown boy wetto despite the black curly hair. And am I loved in a country that hates where I'm from? Am I, and am I hated in a country my parents abandoned? Am I the X in Latinx, the variable always trying to be solved? I want nothing more than to be a carretero in Oaxaca instead of an Orduña in Texas, rejecting the American manipulation of my Mexican two first names, too cumbersome for people to hold them holy. I am becoming what is most convenient for the people and leaving behind la gente. And when we meet again, how will I look my ancestors and el alma and not feel like I'm breaking into their afterlife? And in their afterlife, I feel like I'm breaking el alma de mis ancestros. And how will I look when I meet la gente and leave behind the people that were most convenient, becoming who I am, too holy to hold for people too cumbersome to be named. My Mexican manipulated by American rejection over Dunia, Spain, conquering Texas of a carretero's labor in Oaxaca. And I want nothing more than to be solved instead of a variable. The X in Latinx, abandoned by a country my parents love hated in a country that loves where I'm from, but not me. Little brown boy curled in the privilege of being huero. And I am little brown boy wishing brown didn't feel broken and callous from every single call to make mine a culture and all the riches it gleams. And can I Cortez what I've learned and become less foreign and discover there is so much of me realized and suffocated. And mis abuelos, a hundred skies away, were the port of entry. This bloated throat harbored their language before the colonizers tripped into the borrowed currency of a conversation about birthplace, how we are taxied like tourists into places where we have never felt like anything less than a lousy imposter. When I was eight, I visited the temples of Tenochtitlan, and in the temples of Tenochtitlan, I am a tourist in the afterlife, breaking any lousy imposter I was, el alma de mis ancestros in the streets of my birthplace, taxied into a conversation with la gente, leaving behind the people that are tripping into the borrowed currency of what is most convenient. I am wholly on hold, harboring a colonizer's language too cumbersome for people with two first names and a bloated throat, manipulating a port of entry across a hundred skies into my Mexican-American, learning of mis abuelos, Texas, Orduña, Oaxaca, Carretero, all suffocated by the realization that there is so much of me I want to try to solve the foreign and undiscovered how variable of me to Cortez the riches of a culture and call them calluses mine and I am little brown boy and huero the ex and ex latine abandoning his parent country hating his black curly hair and where I am from am I loved and where am I from in a country where I am, from a country in love. Am I loved where I am? Can I love a country I hate? Am I loved where I am from? Can I hate where I am and love a country that hates? I am loved where I am, loved where I am, a country in love. I love where I am from and am I loved where I am from, where I am loved in a hated country? I love where I am loved. Can I 
Love am I, loved I am, love. Yeah, that was great. Very that was good. amazing. There's that. Oh my goodness. I know. I've been very fortunate to see that poem like develop and grow and change. And it's just awesome to see how that that's been taking hold over the, the months and months since you've written it. It's, it's been a process and like shout out to you for helping me kind of like cut out the fluff and then shout out to uh, John Sands. I was taking uh, his emotional historians workshop, which by the way, y'all, if you're watching this, go, go sign up for John Sands workshop. Just do it. Do that's not even, that's not even, we're not asking, we're prescribing, we're telling you, yeah. go do it. Yeah. And if and you so, don't know why, you can also check out the episode with John Sands and know why. <laughs> <laughs> And so one of one of the uh, one of the workshops one was a workshop on repetition, right? And how mm -hmm. repetition can function in a poem. And I was like, ah, what if I, oh, ah, ah, and you know, like that's where that started to take form and structure. And so, yeah, um, shout out to uh, virtual workshops and being students of poetry. Yay! Which kind of leads into, I guess, my question because you talked about how. Um, you have been reading a lot more poetry and you've kind of been diving more into poetry because for a long, long time, for those who don't know Chibi, his dark secret was he didn't like to read poetry. That's uh, a fact, but he's not the only poet who feels that way. There are many who and who feel like you don't need to necessarily just devote yourself to reading poetry. And that's its own very interesting thing as well. Some people have music or art, whatever the case may be. Um, but my question is, you took a bunch of workshops during quarantine. Um, and you taught many. Uh, what side of it did you find most enjoyable, like teaching others and that community aspect, being the leader of it, or uh, just kind of being able to be a recipient? So they go hand in hand is the way I see it. I, lo I love being an instructor and a facilitator, you know, and and sharing knowledge and and seeing like I worked as a trainer for Mac for, for a very long time. And every time I would see like one of my artists like accomplish something that they thought that they couldn't, I almost started crying. Like it really does bring that much emotion into me, but I can't do one without the other. You know, I can't lead my own workshops and teach people things if I'm not also constantly learning. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of the, the double, the, the, the two-folded side of it, right? Uh, I, I need to continue to, to learn. Um, and then incorporate that into what then I start teaching because um, <clears throat> what what is what is the 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 phrase out there? Um, good good writers borrow, great writers steal, or something like that. Um, from someone, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a phrase. It's an adage. No, but yeah, yeah. That's the same for for teachers too. You know, like uh, we we steal uh, techniques or ideas or formats or or even presentation styles or word choices from the great instructors that we've had, right? The great teachers that we've had that have influenced us. So how can I continue to be a great teacher if I'm not learning from great teachers? So mm -hmm. it goes both ways. Um, yeah. Good question. Now, I've been wanting to, you know, ask you because like you said, when uh, before you started your poem that you've kind of almost in vain of, of Rooster, um, that you've been really trying different techniques for your poetry, right? And it's definitely, I know you're like the technique person. Every time we have a poet, you're just like, look at this, like how you're using, um, 
I'm forgetting all my literary devices, right? Like <laughs> couples, right? Or in um... <laughs> yeah, you know them. You know them. You're yeah, the one with the, with, with the masters <laughs> in creative writing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Or like, I promise, I have a master's in English. I know these words, but yes, um, like you're, you know, like these different techniques. And I wanted to know because you just said that you created up your own technique for this poem. Um, what's the one that you really gravitated towards? And then um, what's another one that you're just like, I tried it, it was okay. I think it's overrated. And that's <laughs> not for me because white people or people need it. <laughs> yeah. uh, because white people, that's, that's always me. Um, I don't know about the one I'm gravitating, I'm gravitating towards anything. Uh, that 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 puts limits, right? Huh. Because I think when when you when when your brain is forced to work within a parameter, mm-hmm. you know, I think the focus is so much more intense. I'm one of those people that like when every when I have every option, I I'm at a standstill. I don't know what direction to go in, right? So is if I start, that? huh? Yeah, yeah. That? There's too many options. So I, I choose none. Um, but when I have constraints, when I have you know, uh, limitations, when I have structure, then my brain starts to work a little more at it. Um, the one I'm most proud of was writing a successful quote unquote, I, I'm going to say successful because it got picked up for publication. Yes. Um, successful Pantoom. I was, that was, that was one of those forms that like when studying it, I was like, nope, never going to happen. This is way too complicated for me to figure out. Um, and in terms of the ones that I like are in my Rolodex of like, we're going to get there. I have an idea for this. Uh, we, we're we going to get some double golden shovels happening in the near future. Fingers crossed. Mm. Uh, uh, and then um, I swear I'm going to write a good Sestina one day. One day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have, uh, I just, I really, I really appreciate structure, you know, as a way, uh, as a tool for refinement, because for so long, the only structure I had was three minutes or less. Right. Mm-hmm. And then now to, to find different ways to craft something and then even just using form as a tool, right. You can try mm-hmm. and fit it into a form, see what you discover and then abandon the form altogether and take it in a new direction. Right. I think, yes. Form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. Uh, are you, are you thinking that um, you're going to continue reading more and more and more than because you've been you've been reading quite a bit I guess my question is is that going to and I mean maybe you don't know 100% but like how do you feel do you feel like this is just going to be the new the new new going forward or you're gonna pick your spots I, th- I think because of the appreciation that I've started to gather absolutely um, okay. but I definitely do pick up a few books and be like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or, fine, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a ton of award-winning poets, and I'm just like, I don't get it. And and I've always been a huge fiction fan, right? Like the mm-hmm. majority of the books I've read in my life were fiction, and now reading poetry and being able to appreciate it on another level, I'm just like, yes. And then also being like, this is trash, and walking away from it. But um, totally. I think it's it's just the it speaks to the power that poetry has. Mm-hmm. Um, both as uh, as a reader, but also as a writer, um, and what poetry can do to give us the language to kind of like understand uh, 
um, difficult situations, you know, uh, or emotionally charged situations, um, which leads me to one of my favorite moments. There you go. I was like, let's do it for this transition. We've been like, first of all, I want to give props to Chibi and I for just like having badass transitions. People all right. Y'all have fun. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is like it. my drag. All right, I know. I, know. I was like, we, we, we like, we're going to transition. So we keep like time. We yeah, like look at our this. scripts. Yeah. <laughs> and the so roosters before, out here like, whatever. I'm here. I'm a guest. I'm losing uh, with it. <laughs> so before, so before I talk about the, the segment that I want to bring in, we're going to do a trivia question to give away one of these prizes. So do we want to give the two books away first or do we want to give the book and the t-shirt away first? I want to do the t-shirt. Okay. The there we go. So a trivia question, words and shit trivia question, if I don't knock over my computer. Um, and if you get it right, the first person to put the answer in the comments section is going to win a, a, a copy of Carla Cordero's How to Pull the Earth Apart, How to Pull Apart the Earth, and this amazing t-shirt made by a local San Antonio designer that we got at mm-hmm. Second Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're curious, it's a it's a women's large, but you know whatever, do do with it what you will. So the question is, um, we've done seventy five episodes so far. Only once in the history of words and shit have both hosts been physically in the same place versus virtually. What was the episode where that happened? Who was our featured poet? What was the episode where the two hosts? And Clue, it was me and Rocky, were both in the same physical space. And I don't know, you know, we're throwing this out there. I don't know. Hopefully we have diehard fans that have been watching and know the answer to it. Um, but you maybe not. You can answer in the comment. You can DM words and shit on Instagram. There you go. And we'll get you know. We'll let, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. And we'll see. Anyone answering before I give away the answer? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Why are you going to give away the answer? No, they need to. Because it's it's the segment that I'm going to introduce. Oh, well, then they can answer afterwards. <laughs> Whoever puts it in the, in the comment section first, you're winning a, a book and a uh, and a T-shirt. Uh, but in any case, uh, this was a this was a segment that really stood out for me um, because of the way that she talks about um how poetry can be a tool to process trauma to make it easier to then talk about it right as a way to talk about our emotions without necessarily having to relive them because we've already discovered the language to use to talk about them so um without further ado this is um Seema Ressa talking about emotional literacy yeah so i think right the way that poetry works when you're first writing poetry and you're you're working on just like image, 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 right? Like poetry sort of frees you of connective tissue, especially at the beginning stages where you're just trying to like stack images, find the images. Um, that's how consciousness works, right? Like when you are, as you're moving through your day, like you're getting inputs and you're also remembering things and it's sort of timeless. Um, And all of these images are showing up next to each other and they are impacting how you're behaving, right? So my son, who looks just like his dad, if he is rude to me, like a whole switch flips in me, 
because of my relationship with his dad. And if I can parse through what are the images there that cause my rage or my, it's really a fear response, um, I can then catch myself. And that's where the literacy comes in, right? Like it is all of these images stacked together and we can't help that the way that our brains work. And maybe we don't want to, maybe it's, a, you know, like it is our special, our special magic. Um, but we should definitely have a little bit of control around like what, what we do with it. And that's the place where I think poetry can be really helpful. The other thing is that the hardest things that I've experienced when I've done the work of finding the right words, the perfect words, I've done the hard work between me and the page, and I need to tell somebody new, I usually use those words, right? And so then in the moment that I'm telling you, if I told you about my father dying, I can be present with you because I know it's a heavy story and I know that we're having this moment. I'm not afraid to tell you because I don't have to go into the memory, I go into the writing, right? Mm -hmm. I go into, it's this third thing. Um, and I think that's a really powerful um, tool to have as we're building intimacy with other people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All over again, just chills, amazing. Oh. Richard, let me ask you, because you just you just released a, a chapbook here, uh, a, a free digital chapbook, if you want to go to Rooster's website, um, that basically is is the 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 entire quarantine. Right. And things that happened during quarantine. Um, do you feel like what what Simo was talking about there, where like being able to like write about it in an artistic way just kind of helped you, you know, then talk about it? with other people because you went, you know, you went through a lot during the, the, the quarantine. Yeah. Um, I like writing is always, I think Seema also kind of put it in a really interesting way where she said, you know, it's like you, it, there's the different things and it's kind of its own thing. And I think, you know, especially during quarantine, there's the actual, like the, 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 what am I going through at this moment? Then the sort of, immediate circle of what are my friends and family going through? Are they okay? And what conversations we're having about the situation. Then there's the larger conversations you're having with people and, and individuals and the politics of it and stuff like that. And then came writing was sort of like my little nook to like, in a weird way, almost like my little corner of the house where I could just bury myself and like just get out for a while. And 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 I think that's, it, it, you know, it's always been something that helped keep me sane um, more than anything. And I think, yes, like you, I don't know if, if, if we, and, and when I say we, I mean specifically the three of us on this chat, like gravitated towards writing because it was the best way for us to put out our emotions honestly somewhere mm -hmm. um but i can speak for myself and say that that's what it was and that's what it is um and and it'll and it will probably always will be i i still sometimes feel like that's the best way that i always convey uh the hurt the grief the anger the happiness the joy whatever it's like let me tell the world on this page first or actually no it's let me tell myself first on this page and then mm -hmm. let me go put it out somewhere and tell other people. And, and, and that's how I particularly feel about it. Mm. I think that's a great way. Um, I First of all, I love that you're talking about like this, like finding your own little corner. 
in your own house when we were specifically like isolated, right? Our whole corner was our, our place or wherever we were quarantining for almost a whole year and a half for you to also find like peace within like that isolation as well um, to reflect on that, um, to tell yourself who you are. And, you know, obviously all of us have experienced a collective trauma because of the pandemic um, that we are no longer the same people right? And this idea of like going back to normalcy, it's like, first of all, that was toxic to begin with. Like we need to, this is an opportunity to shape ourselves and to see like who are, who's resisting that and who's not. And for you to document this process is so important. So, so, so important. Um, and then with that, I think, you know, this is a perfect time for you to share if you can, one of, one of those poems. Look at those segues. Look at those hey. segues. Hey, telling you. Know, you. I'm break it up. I want to break up the segue for two seconds. <laughs> because this is what I do. I freestyle. <laughs> and I got two things I want to say. First, I'm a dumbass because every time Chibi goes to those clips and it's always y'all two in my yeah. head, I'm like, at first, my dumb little idiot brain is like, oh, wow, look at how they change because it's not live. But in my head, <laughs> it is live, uh, which isn't happening. And then two, nobody picked any clips with me in it. Mm. Mm. Because three <laughs> is not about <laughs> you. Long time, long time. It's not yes, about you. Long time. All right. It's no. about the guests. It is. It but is. this can be this you and your poem is about you right now. So please make true. it about you. Again, see yeah. the Jimmy, Jimmy, I hold on. Like, yeah. High five, high five. Boom, boom, boom. Guess who's not going to substitute teach on words and shit next season? Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this poem is actually a new piece as well. This poem is called, I want you to really think about the things you survived in Hallelujah, You're Still Here or they buried us and we forgot we were seeds. <clears throat> they say people are basically plants with emotions. So remember where you were buried when you were seeds. Was the soil tilled loose and giving to your growth? Was the darkness that held you so sweet you'd wish it on everyone? Did you solve the nightmares before they began? Did it kiss you to sleep where you loved? Did the earth not want you to sprout wings? Did you feather and fly anyway? Were you sun-kissed and birthed forth from frigid shade? Was the soil craggy and cruel before you stretched into oaks? Did you have to grow out of the concrete, fully formed with teeth? Were you not expected to bear leaves, but grew wild anyway? You rainforest full of killer spiders. You jungle, emerald terrain that swallows the machetes of explorers, yet gives no greater glimpse to the hidden cities of gold. I love that about you. And while that is bad magic for the thousands of machetes that get no closer to your secrets, keep your secrets guarded. I don't really believe that we are plants. But I do believe that we take in the toxic waste of life and kick out something fresh and alive. You orchard, you redwood. If they don't peel off our skin to make books, we still have so much to say. We were all once seeds, then children with dreams. And where we are planted says so much about the saints we grow to be. Did someone willingly walk into hell and leave you there? 
Then may you be forgiven for your singed demeanor, for your dirty fingernails that found a way up and out, for having an ax to grind in a world of spoiled trees. Nobody chooses where they were buried before they got here. And I'm sorry, there are days where I feel like I'm done growing. I must be a cemetery field of four-leaf clovers because some days I feel like I only make hopeful air for the grieving and the dead. But I'm here and it rains and I grow. Hallelujah, each day I don't die. I grow. Thank you. I'm like a little, I'm so emotional. I, was, I am, Rooster. I have not, it's been a while, it's been a hot minute since I've heard you read anything new um, out loud. Um, I have been an admirer of Rooster's poetry since I was like in my early 20s. Actually, Rooster, uh, I first was introduced to Rooster's poetry when I was an undergrad, when he did poetry at ETSA University of Texas at San Antonio for like a talent show. He didn't know me then. I didn't say hi to him, but I was like, oh my God, who's this person? Um, I've really always come to love your poetry because it is really, <laughs> a really a love poem to your people, right? To Mexicans, mm -hmm. Mexican Americans, to, to Brown, to Latinx individuals, to um, anyone that just doesn't see themselves and their magic. I think magic for you has always been centered in some way, like ancestral magic has always been some way centered in your poetry. Um, and I think it was, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. And I, I, I want to ask because, you know, like um, coming up in the, in the, in the slam world, right. In the poetry slam world, a lot of the times poems, written for slam are very declarative they're assertive right they're like i have a stance i have a thought i have a belief i have a feeling and i'm gonna tell you all what that is right yeah. um but what i've noticed um especially in this piece it's more inquisitive than assertive there's a lot mm -hmm. of questions like most of that poem w was questions uh, and I've definitely seen that in your work where there's a lot more inquiry versus assertion. Do you know, like, when 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 did that shift or did you even notice that shift or was it just kind of always there? Like, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. No, I, I think it's always been there. I think a lot of my poems always start from questions. I think mm -hmm. I uh, questions and observations, I think. Um, it's a good question. <laughs> um, I like asking questions, but I also, I, how can I say this without sounding like an asshole? Um, <laughs> like, sound like an asshole, you little Scorpio. Go for it. It's I, your I know, right? When have you ever had a problem? It's your season. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, I like, I, like there's some poets who, who I completely admire and they hold court with their poetry and it's awesome. And it's like you said, very declarative. And it's not just on spoken word stages. It's just like they, 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 they break apart the world and they give you the, the, the driving heart and ethos behind how they view it and what's happening. And you kind of have to sit with it. Right. And I'm not, I don't feel that way as a writer or, or just even as a person, like, I don't feel like, 
I'm, I, I never want to be a magnanimous enough person to be like, let me tell you what the world's like, you know, or tell you, like, I can only tell you at best what I feel and what I think and what I dream. And mm -hmm. most of the time, the questions of the day, uh, it could be something as minute as like in another poem I have. You know, why can I not bake a pineapple upside down cake to save my life? You know, and then in others, it's, you know, why did my grandmother die? And does she exist on the other side of the galaxy? Mm. You know, and like, and, and and I think that's the thing is like, I never, I don't think I ever want to, 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 I don't want to say never, but I, I, I never feel that like the poetry I create is intended to make people feel like, uh, there's an answer here or that I, I'm some sort of guide to, to their own, uh, you know, awakenings or discoveries or epiphanies. If that happens, that's fucking awesome. Um, but I'm really just a person who sits in front of a laptop and is a poetry super freak. And I just like putting it out and I'll never stop putting it out. So mm -hmm. if anyone ever f enjoys it, like that's just frosting on the cake, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't really take it more serious than that also you know not only are you like a poetry super freak but i feel like you've been publishing and you've had so many creative projects within the last year or so even during this pandemic right we have this one that you came out that you read from we also have one i think that you won an award right or a grant with yeah. an organization right yeah, that's like impressive. Look at you. Um, and then one about like sci-fi and outer space, like yes, right, and like galaxy and thinking of what yeah. like future, almost like future, like like Latino uh, futurism, right? Latino mm -hmm. futurism. And you've done some collective work with Chibi too. A lot of projects. We did. We did Contra. Yeah. Contra the mixtape. Our yeah. play. The, yeah. A play. Somebody fucking give us a stage. A I know. Play so, on it's brilliant. <laughs> so what what has what has been your first of all because i feel like there are two different categories but what is your your favorite collaboration so far right i know you're gonna say chippy but like what collab what project would chippy <laughs> do you like so far and then which project that you've really felt that you know really has been your best work because of this pandemic right that's a good question i i mean honestly the play that chippy and i wrote I think is amazing. And like, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. And it's like, we've had conversations with directors and, you know, people who work in theater and so forth. And it's, it's, it's far out. It's not, it's not an easily, an easily digestible piece of work, but it's this thing that pisses me off, which is usually black and people of color have to, like go above and beyond to justify our out there work when it doesn't center whiteness mm -hmm. and like that's the big thing where it's like why don't people you know when people say well i just don't get this and sometimes the people who we have to convince are fellow mexicanos or latinos and we have to say like look this is this is nuts but damn it i have seen uh the tree of life that movie is fucking nuts i've seen mother that movie is out there and it's like so you can't tell me that you can't apply creativity to to, to this script and, and make it something uh, uh beautiful and amazing and interesting and and so forth um but sometimes it's just always hard trying to convince people of things that they can't necessarily easily put into a box um yes. my most 
enjoyable thing that I've done during quarantine is really got to be my my horror movie script. I love it. Mm. It's it's because I it is in San Antonio and and more so than any book of poetry I've ever written about the city. It's very it's 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 here. I'm using local mythology. I'm using indigenous mythology. You know, it's 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 and again to me it's like the thing that I'll always struggle with. I think Raquel and I had this conversation a long, long time ago around the time of Coco. Um, and I'll kind of wrap up my point because I know I'm wheeling and dealing. But uh, I don't look to Disney or Marvel or NBC or HBO or any of these humongous corporations that have existed for so long and have really only driven a, a white-centered, male-centered, cishet centered narrative right like to 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 create work that represents me hentified sure awesome but that's just a small fraction of what the hell is has, has, has ever existed out there for mm -hmm. me it's always about creating the work that that is for us and that may or may not ever exist in those spaces but damn it it's going to really be a truer representation uh, similar to the local playwright, Mari Barrera, who is amazing. And uh, she did her her Donkey Lady, I think it's Chronicles yeah. uh, play, where she took the local legend and lore of the Donkey Lady and turned it into a play. You mm -hmm. know, you can't take that to New York City. You can't take that to Chicago or L.A. because it doesn't hit those notes like a werewolf or whatever. But at the same time, it's like give shit that's different a chance. Like if the if quarantine and COVID has taught us anything, it should be you need to give other things a chance because damn it, we get the same crap every year. Um, whether it's shitty politicians, whether it's shitty uh, 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 television, whether it's shitty music, whatever the case is, it's like it, they're gonna just keep piling in the same things uh, over and over again. And sometimes it's just like we gotta get weird. Yeah. So that's my favorite thing that I'm creating. And I think that's the great thing because um, I want to do the word and circle back um, that I think that's what the great thing about throughout this pandemic, I've seen you and Chibi really collaborate to push those boundaries to really just kind of be weird to just create that space, that representation, both you and Chibi's um, work really talks about like identity, this diaspora, what it means to be Mexican American on either side. Right. Um, and it's, and because of your beautiful like friendship, right? I think you've been able to bring in so many other um, poets to kind of talk about important issues and also create different um, different platforms for them. And I think this is a great way to talk about friendship. For yes, friendship and a great segue. Raquel does not stop. <laughs> Raquel with the segues. So, uh, my favorite moment. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you introduce your favorite moment. We have a trivia question. Yes. <laughs> Read the script. <laughs> we work very away, hard. We're giving away two books. Again, the book and the t-shirt are still available to the first person that DMs us the answer that we may or may not have already given out. Uh, in terms of when was our first, when was the only show where we had both the hosts in the same physical space? But uh, this question is for two books, Patrick Roach's A Socially Acceptable Breakdown and Carla Cordero's How to Pull Apart the Earth. And in the history of the show, we've had a double feature twice on the show. 
So who were the two authors that we did a double feature with this season? Who were the two authors that we did a double feature with this season? And you can say just their first names or their first and last names or their full names. But the first person to DM us with the answer is going to, or comment, because we're watching the comments, you can just put it in the comments, is going to win these two books. In any case, uh, before Rooster introduces this segment, I just have to say that all three of us wanted to pick this segment as like really? one of our favorite moments of this season because the entire episode was magic. But, uh, yes. Rooster, tell us about it. Yes. So the uh, moment that really stood out to me, and like Jimmy was saying, it really is an entire episode that was just so it, it was light, it was fun, um, so heartfelt and and sincere. Uh, it was the episode with Chen Chen and Sam. Um, and the what we're about to show you the was a section where uh, Sam, I believe, was specifically talking about friendship and how it is uh, his friendship with Chen has has helped them with their current project that they're working on. Um, with touring together and so forth, and all just the little idiosyncrasies of their friendship. And it was one of the reasons why it was very touching for me was because we always talk about poetry community and 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 sometimes it extends to from like our local communities to our state communities, city communities, state communities, national communities. And sometimes it's like, I love it when it's just even more smaller than that and it's just friends who are poetry super freaks. So. Yeah, Roll so that this, this is Sam and Chen responding to the question of how did this friendship come about and talk about it. And it's a journey, y'all, but it's yeah. it's worth the entire journey. So here we go. It is quite the tale. <laughs> it's like not a low-key tale, you know? It's a high-key friendship story. <laughs> Um, we met at this writing retreat, but it was... Well, Chen was in his MFA at Syracuse. I was in the middle of my MFA, yeah. And I had just graduated college, like, a week before. It's a beauty writer. I was, I didn't even know I was a writer. I was like, I studied anthropology, um, and I got into this writer's workshop that I was like, oh, cool. I like got into a thing. I'll go. And I got there and everyone was like a very serious writer. And I was like, I don't know anything about the writing world. Do you remember we had to submit a video application? I do. Isn't that so weird? So I remember typing out a script and very woodenly staring at my camera. <laughs> like it was like a hostage situation. <laughs> out, like a ransom letter. That's what it felt like. <laughs> But then I was there also. It was it's at the classic Sam and Chen fashion. I wrote nothing to prepare for that video and just got on the video and talked <laughs> with no yeah. preparation. Yeah, you were just you. <laughs> Unabashedly. Unabashedly, but most and assuredly you. Yeah. I was there for nonfiction and I remember I met all the poets and they were like, listen, you are a poet. Don't get out of nonfiction. What are you doing over there? Come over here. And they also your nonfiction cohort was kind of like, what? <laughs> what are you turning in? <laughs> it was so lyrical. It was very lyrical. You're writing poetry. Yeah. I was writing. I remember my workshop leader was like, 
Sam, I really love what you're writing, but it doesn't feel like nonfiction to me. <laughs> wow. Straight up. Yeah. She said that to me in the middle of the group. Um, and I met Jen there and I don't, yeah, we like, it was a very weird week. It was a week long writing workshop and mm -hmm. it was like Jewish American themed, but like not necessarily needing to be Jewish, but pretty much everyone was Jewish. except. But I was the only non-Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought there were going to be others. And then I'm like, is this, is this wrong? <laughs> This is problematic. <laughs> I mean, this, really, it felt like a long time. Whole <laughs> seven days, you it know. Was wow. Yeah. And early mornings. Yeah, we had to start at eight a.m. Yeah, and it was all day, every day. Um, and yeah, we just sort of like you didn't really talk to anyone, but somehow you and I, yeah, kind of like clicked. I usually don't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Until you met me, and then you learned that yeah. it was great. People have, I'm seeing this, really. Um, I'm realizing this. <laughs> but people have to be very persistent <laughs> to be my friend. They have to like, keep <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> and then I'm like, OK, fine. We'll like do an activity. <laughs> Um, and after that week, we started talking on the phone for like four to six hours a week, oh which was long long, not casual. Mm -hmm. Um, but we just kind yeah. of were like, I mean, Chen was like teaching me about the poetry world and like was really excited about my writing in a way no one else had ever been. And also we were like talking about friendship and our lives and we just started talking on the phone a lot. And then you visited Chicago really shortly, like that same summer. Mm -hmm. And we met at Dyke March and took a picture took together. Two hour. It took me two hours to get there. <laughs> to, or maybe four hours. Cause I took like two buses and a train to get to Dyke March. Yeah. We were ready for Chicago. I biked there, it took me like 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> and we just really like hit it off and we started I remember you came to visit me and you helped me put together my first packet of poems to send out. And we like had a lot of conversations about like what it means to be queer and to be connected to people. And I feel like we like learned a lot about friendship being mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you taught me so much about like how to be a friend and actually like respond to texts and you know. <laughs> when you call on FaceTime. Because <laughs> I was not doing that before. <laughs> the little things. Yeah. There's like little <laughs> major necessary friendship steps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was it's funny because at the beginning, you know, we talked so much and I feel like we did like exchange a lot of knowledge. Like you were giving me a lot mm -hmm. about poetry and I was like giving you a lot about like how to be a person that's friendly and like that other people want to be around. Well, I just, I realized, well, I knew that I was passionate about poetry, but I felt like I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't really found community yet. Mm -hmm. um, like really like deep community. Um, and to do that through poetry was such a joy. Um, and I feel like, yeah, you really yeah, taught me how to do that. And I've, yeah, continued. 
with that approach. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I feel like for me, I like knew a lot about building community, but I had no idea how to do it in areas that I cared about. You know, like I just was doing like not that I cared about, but I like was like so community oriented that I never stopped to think like, what do I like? What do I love? How do I also put in time and energy for that on top of just like supporting all the people around me and connecting with people, which is something that just I did so naturally. Mm -hmm. um so i think you helped me realize that like what i love more than anything is poetry and that i was allowed to like invest in that for myself to be happy um, you made me realize as much as i hate people i can't write alone <laughs> yeah <laughs> i really can't i need conversation i need the joy uh, that's generated by yeah being with other people, people who are not me. <laughs> Be clear. Other people, other minds, other imaginations. It's so important. You know? I will say too, like so many of the poems that I've written in my life, if not like more than half of them are from conversations that we've had together. Yeah, so many of mine too. Yeah. I mean, so, so many lines, titles, just little snippets of things from our conversations make their way into my poems all the time. All the time. Love it. Friends, can I just say, it warms my heart to watch that. And like we said, like the entire episode was just so magical because of how powerful their friendship is. But can I just say, I appreciate the friendship that the three of us have and that has grown over the years um, because very much to a lot of what um, Shannon and Sam had said, you know, like we, we not just influence each other in, in our work, but also like in our lives. And I just, I, I appreciate you both. Aww, I, do. You. I appreciate you too. Yeah. Um, and I do want to give a little shout out to Rooster because I think Rooster was friends with you before me. Right? You've been with oh, friends with Rooster for like over 10 years. This is so, probably true. Yeah. We're all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I became friends with Rooster to bring him back into like this poetry community. And that's how I was able to be with you and friends. And like literally this, yeah, this year is like when I came over to your place. He came to New York and stayed with, you know, in my place. Um, wow. We really like this friendship of like, at least for me and Chibi, like, uh, you know, Rooster, you've been with in our lives, but like, at least for me and Chibi, it's been a wonderful. Rooster wonderful is the, the connective tissue. Okay, he, is. <laughs> he really is. Um, but I just do want to say because you know I am really grateful that um, again. Thank you for Chibi and also Chris um, or Rooster, who's and use your government name, but you're. <laughs> Um, but Rooster and the rest of the, the Ride Are Out board members to bring me on um, as a host or co-host this mm -hmm. season and last season as well. So thank you so much. And I'm so glad that even all in New York, I can still build wonderful, meaningful re relationships and friendships in Texas in my little poetry community in San Antonio. So thank you. Mm -hmm. And shout out to Sarah Bella Mental who won uh, that trivia and is going to get Carla Cordero's and uh, Patrick Roche's books. Uh, so shout out to that. Again, 
Skyless book in the t-shirt is also still up. All you got to do is type the answer in the comments, mm -hmm. but or DM us. Uh, but in any case, I feel like that was just like, like the perfect segment to just kind of like wrap up this season and this this show, this show and the season in talking about um, friendship and how we influence each other. Uh, and that has been something that we have really cultivated in the past 75 episodes slash three seasons of this show is building connections and friendships with authors all around literally the globe um all around the globe and connecting um authors with audiences so i just want to thank from the bottom of my heart all the poets that came on season three i think this is the first time we do like a season wrap-up yes uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so i do want to thank all the poets that came on season three if you missed them Go back and watch them. Uh, a big thank you. I'm just going to go through the list because there were only 20. But a big thank you to Kemi Alibi, Patrick Roach, Icon, Kenneth Something, Carla Cordero, Anthony the Poet, Flores, Gloria B, Mason Granger, Roddy, Xavier Alexander, Brandon Alexander Williams, Seema Reza, Chen Chen, Sam Herschel Wine, Lady Brion, Susie Q. Smith, uh, the book fair that we had in Galveston, Analicia Sotelo, Outspoken Bean, and of course, San Antonio's own Andrea Bocab. Sanderson that kicked Ooh. us off as the first person to come on the show twice. Oh man, and I also want to thank um, thank you to our audience and listeners. I know that uh, this has been a little special segment, so I still see that people are on here. But thank you so much for those who've been with us in season one, maybe season two, or you just joined. This is your first episode. I think analysis was like, this is my first episode and I love it. That's great. Um, thank you so, so much. We couldn't be doing this podcast without you. Um, and just to really get to know the poets, you know, and, and us as well. So I really want to say thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you yes and also uh if you want to continue to support uh words and shit you can follow on ig and twitter at words and sh um you can also watch past episodes on youtube and podcasts that's right we are going to take a break for the holidays uh but during that time all of our episodes are available on our youtube channel uh youtube.com slash words and shit or if you prefer to listen we do release it as a podcast wherever you get your podcast go back listen to past episodes um like we used to say about poetry fa uh, festivals you come for your favorites but you walk away with new ones so go listen to the ones that you love but also check out some names that maybe you don't know and I really, you know, from Words and Shit as well as Write Art Out, we really wish you a great holiday season. Be safe, y'all. Um, live in love with your loved ones, right? Like, it's been a whole year and a half that we haven't been able to do that. So definitely, if this is, you know, the season that you can be joined with your family again, enjoy it. You know, as we were separated for so long. But we wish you a happy, happy holiday season and happy new year so bendiciones mi gente stay safe out there <laughs>